Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about soft drinks, soul beat, and we have part two of our interview with Stephen Donovan from Paul Church Roundtable. Welcome, my friends, to The Kindness Project. Uh, I am a man who is thirsty and whose amazing daughter is getting him a drink. But as Jill's found out, that Russ has got the totally tropical taste of Lil. Other um, soft drinks are available in his fridge. Where would you go in your fridge, Russ? Uh, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. You're Thank going you. for all the classics. Lil, Pepsi Dr. Max. Pepper. Where else? Pepsi Max. <laughs> are you opening a bar and you're not telling us? Um, I'll tell you what the story is. Kay goes to a place called Farm Food. Right. And they do four cases. Oh, the big 24, trays, yeah. 24s for like 12 quid. Right. So uh, you've stacked up. So I, I usually buy four. I buy the boy James diet coat for when he's wearing the ass. Right. And then I, I buy three of my own. One, one for Kelly, two for me. Now, the other comment you made just for going on uh, to record the podcast is um, you think Ombongo is now Rubicon. And I think that you can't get Ombongo anymore. Uh, if if some of our listeners don't know, don't, uh, know what Ombongo is, it's a um, soft drink that they used to uh, drink. <laughs> Ombongo, Ombongo, they drink it in the Congo. Uh, they used to be on sale in the UK in the 80s and 90s when me and Russ were growing up. Um, and it basically came with this advert where there was a song. Um, I, I'm being careful, I'm being careful. Um, which when Umbongo, Umbongo, they drink it in the Congo. Um, yeah, so um, we, yeah, it's, it's, it was nice. It was very, very tasty. Now, you reckon they've just done a rebrand, and now it's called Rubicon. I well, think Rubicon tastes completely different to an Ombongo. I do like a Rubicon. I don't know. I haven't had a Rubicon or an Ombongo for a while. So. Have you not? I mean, you've, it sounds like you've tried every other stuff to encourage. You can't beat a Dr. Pepper. Dr. Ah, Dr. Pepper's the best. Nowhere else I got in the cupboard. Go on. I got down my local shop. I hadn't seen for ages and ages. Cream oh, soda. go on. Retro food buyer. Tell cream me. soda. Love a cream soda. Very yeah. common, though. Well, I, you know what? I hadn't seen it forever. And what? Cream soda? Yeah. No, you can get cream soda pretty much anywhere, can't you? I probably drink Tesco brand. I don't go around shopping, do I? So, Charlotte drinks the Tesco brand, you just said. Other brands are available. You, you don't only get... Oh, yeah, just the corner shop. They're a lot cheaper. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. common pan <laughs> shop. Um, uh, but you know what makes all of that better? Turn it into a flow. Yeah. Cream soda flow. Coke flow. Dr. Pepper flow. Never I'm not sure a Rubicon flow is going to flow. No. Yeah. I'm no. not sure a Rubicon float is going to go. A Lilt flow, I'm not convinced about. No, um, definitely not. Try it, Russ. Can you try it? Although, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a new machine, a new ninja. What I am going to try is Lilt Sorbet. Yes. yes. 
Where's our chop? Where's our ice cream, by the way, you keep them promising us? Right. You promised me an espresso martini ice cream uh, that you were going to make ages ago. I already explained this to you. Right, go on. Where's my ice cream? It wasn't worth worth buying a bowl of martini. I couldn't get small enough. uh, Oh! Right, where's my... Right. A man of espresso martini for the amount I need for the ice cream. How much do you need? A couple of teaspoons. How are you going to get an espresso martini that small? That's why I'm saying to you, I can't get it. Right. And I don't All do... you do is make a glass of espresso martini mm. and just use what you need. I don't drink espresso martini, though. I don't drink any alcohol. So a bottle of martini... No, you're too busy with your cans of lutes and cokes and... A bottle of martini is going to be no good to me, is it? I mean, I, look, Russ, I get I get why you don't drink alcohol. Or I complete, I've got, see, we have got... I I still enjoy a beverage or two, um, but we have got two individuals. And, I, and you, genuinely, my... I think out drinking alcohol is probably less popular with younger people now than it was when I yep. was a kid. Would you agree, Charlotte? Because all your mates drink, but I don't. Yeah. Um, Do you know anybody else who doesn't who doesn't drink? Who's not on medication? No. No. I have friends who don't drink because they're on medication. That that's different, that's isn't different. it? That's different. So. So yeah, but you you in in this family we are we are and on this podcast two of our co-hosts just don't let alcohol pass their lips. Yeah, what they let pass their lips, Russ, is quite a lot of pepper, a decent amount of lil, and... no rubicon, <laughs> no rubicon. But rubicon's a bit of a like difficult one to get, isn't it? No, oh, I don't, you don't see Rubicon everywhere. Just go to the corner shop. It's everywhere in the corner shop. I want really you to give me a headache, though. I, I can drink caffeine-rich coffee, but if I try them energy drinks, they just give me a bad... Oh, energy. no, that's too much. I mean, that is, like, full, like, energy. I, I haven't, I, they're not healthy. That, I mean, like, they're just full of sugar and caffeine. But yeah. I remember during lockdown, and I was talking about this uh, to, to a mate of mine, Andy, today. I, I, am, I remember during lockdown, at one point, I mean, I, I do drink a lot of coffee, but at one point, I had two cavity airfalls of bean to the cup, strong, yeah. filtered coffee. And I could feel the my heart through my chest. I, I used to I used to get the same thing. I dropped. I stopped drinking yeah. coffee because of it. Um, and I still drink filtered coffee, but you know there's a limit. You know when you when you're yeah. um, drinking too much, you know it's it's definitely going to have a detrimental impact. So so yeah, I'm I'm glad. But I went, I went on the radio today, right? As you know. Uh, um, okay. uh, because my mate Andy's got a radio show, uh, and he's been a guest uh, on the podcast, Andy for no. Um, and I, 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 even though he's a mate of mine, and I love him to bits, I, I always feel like I'm getting his name wrong. Um, I was a bit shocked by some of the choices. 
I was, Why were you shot by some of the Jewesses? Well I was very disappointed. Back to life, back to reality wasn't in there. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway. Um, I thought you were going to say you were surprised by the Beyonce. Um, well, these oh. are the things. So let's, let's just tell our listeners what went on. My mate Andy is a, a DJ on Soul Beat Radio. Uh, he is an amazing guy. Um, love him to bits. And he asked me to come on and effectively bring on some of my favourite um, soul and jazz and um, funk tracks. Uh, now, I've struggled with this, Russ, because there are so many good yeah. soul, funk, jazz tracks. I thought your last intro. choice, though, was inspired. Yeah, That's well, a fantastic song. Well, well. What was it? Um, uh, Sam so, Cooks, I was born by the river. Yeah, um, t- um, Sam Cooke, change is gonna come, mm. which I which I think Andy enjoyed and I absolutely loved. So um, when I come on, Russ, for you, because I'll uh, I'll make sure you get a shout out on the show. Yeah, a bit of um, uh, uh, we've we're gonna have a bit of soul to soul, back to life, back to reality. And you know where else I'm gonna pick? Salt no. and pepper. Push oh, it. Oh, push it. Tune. We're having that. He went right back to his childhood there, he did. Oh, Silver Pepper Push It. I'm on my favourite songs. Well, what, what, what I did do, I mean, and, and if you haven't heard him, I'd definitely give him a listen. Um, there's a guy out called Leon Bridges, uh, who is an amazing soul artist, BAFTA winner, all that sort of stuff. Um, his voice is absolutely incredible. Uh, definitely, definitely give him a listen. Um, I reckon I've definitely got room um, to select another set of. Um, Why do you uh, saying that? I've I haven't listened to any Gregory Porter. I've seen him on the telly a couple of times on the Good Morning Britain. Yeah, but his voice is out of this world. Which Incredible. one was on your playlist? Well, uh, you know what I went for? Now, I could have gone conventional Gregory, <laughs> Gregory Pauwer. Um, I didn't. I went for boom, ba-dum, 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 um, long list of troubles. I think now, I was conventional with dry bones on there. Oh, dry, oh, dry bones is an amazing song. <laughs> thing is, Russ, right, this is, this is the strange thing about Gregory Porter. Um, because Charlotte has got this thing that she says she doesn't like jazz. Gregory Porter is the only exception. Right, he's not the only exception. You, I, I've played you jazz songs, other jazz songs that you like. Um, uh, uh, there was a f- phase when, like, when I said, like, jazz legend Gregory Porter, Charlotte just went, I don't know whether I'm going to be too keen on him. And now... He has five good songs that are brilliant. Well, he's got more than five good songs. You just love five good songs. What are those five songs? Um, The one about the lion. The one about the lion. Um, uh, That is Be Good. Have Um, you heard that, Russ? I haven't. Right. Get, this is your. This is your job. Get Spotify up. Listen to these five songs, and you will be as much of a fan <laughs> as Gregory Porter as us, right? Yeah. So the one about the lion, which be is good. called "Be Good." Real good hands. 
Real good hands, Russ. Yeah. Um, Real good. Oh, it's amazing. Dry bones. <laughs> dry bones. Dry bones. Yeah. Oh Are you writing this down? No, well, I'll, I'll listen to this back, won't I? Okay, well, but I, um, thought, I thought Russ was doing that thing that he does at work, where he will sometimes know. turn around and go, I don't need to listen. I need. I don't need to write this down. It's all in my head. And then he forgets it. He's got to email me. Uh, when, when there's important stuff to be done. You record it now. I record it. Now, interestingly, um, I'm going to start recording my client meetings. Oh, it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. I might get a manager. Anyway, while we have <laughs> work, mate, halfway through the podcast, um, dry bones. Yeah, um, long list of troubles. Oh, Mr. Holland. Mr. Holland. I dad Phoenix Concord. Yeah. Oh, I had loads of them. Um, but it's yeah, bad, absolutely. Bad. Those don't get a man to tell you, because my Premier Pro transcribes them all madly now. Sorry, are we having a, a, a no, business just, meeting halfway through the podcast? Went, I just went to plug Premier Pro. <laughs> other other um, software tools are available. On that note, should we move on? Because we haven't even started with the question of the podcast yet. Um, and the question of the podcast this week is what's the best thing you've ever bought of Amazon? Now, um, this question of the podcast has arrived at an amazing time. Why are you shaking your head, Russ? I've got a list, a list as long as you're arm on Amazon. Right. The best thing I've ever brought was recently I brought an uh, air purifier. I haven't looked back. Uh, okay. So what's on your list? I'm more interested about the list. Well, uh, I buy a lot of computer stuff, stuff for the computer, um, computer bags, stuff for the camera. Uh, I brought a video camera on there recently. Yeah, so you're you're a, a frequent Amazon um, bub, uh, purchaser, are you? I am. Do you ever use eBay? I do. Let me tell you the story about eBay. So this isn't an Amazon-related story, but it's an eBay-related story. Um, my youngest daughter has a friend, um, right. and uh, I won't mention any names because I haven't got permission to uh, share who this is. But my um, uh, youngest daughter's got a friend, yeah. and uh, they were playing the other day. I dropped uh, this friend off at home, right. uh, and her dad answered the door. <laughs> And have I told you this story yet, Russ? No. I've okay. heard this story. Um, I've, I've been telling this story quite a lot over the last few days. So, he opened the door, and in his passage, he um, had a eight-foot-long fish tank. Yep. Um, and Sophie poked her head through the door and went, what's that? So, um, the, this child's dad... Uh, grinned and said, don't ask. Now, when somebody grins and says, don't ask, what you got to do? You've got to ask. You've got to ask. You've got to ask. Curiosity kills the cat, didn't it? Um, sorry? Curiosity kills the cat, doesn't it? It, it, it could have just to say so. Uh, sorry, have you just invented a brand new phrase? No, no, no. Whole phrase. <laughs> just always cut it in half. Curiosity killed the cat. Is that a saxophone? What was that? 
I, I didn't know that was the end of the phrase, bro. No, no, did I? <laughs> what? Sorry. Yeah. Is that genuine? Yeah. And it's like the phrase "blood is thicker than water." That's not about a family. No, that's I mean. about the doctor that treated John Wilkes Booth. Right. That that phrase they was commonly used to um, mean family ties oh, no. are thicker than friendship ties. Oh the no, the whole thing is blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb, which is to say the people you make your family as you go through life are better, have stronger bonds with than your blood family. So the complete opposite meaning, blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb, womb means that that like blood is thicker than water yeah. is actually means the complete opposite, Ralphs. Did you know that? No. But I did see... I did see something about the doctor that treated John Wills both on telly the other day. Right. You know, was shot he wasn't on there live, was he? That was something about his name's Mud or something. Right. Um, I need to Google this now. Well, no, Charlotte's Googling it. Now, we know, uh, Raz, that Charlotte is the purveyor of amazing facts. And well, we, actually, we are going to be... We are going to be promoting the book again. We are going to be promoting the book this week. But if you like <laughs> amazing facts, have a look at charlottedames.com or .co.uk. Charlottedames.com, which contains all of Charlotte's amazing articles um, that she writes about subjects that just find her fascinating. Right. There's some good stuff on there. Yeah, there is some good I stuff. I did one about fire. What this way? <laughs> you laughed too maniacally there. I did one about uh, fire. Yeah, about positives of uh, well, it talks about fire. The first paragraph is sort of about you know how fire occurs, and then the is that because we had a fire? Yeah, yeah I wrote it the same night. Um, and then the second paragraph is sort of about the positives that fire can do for local e ecosystem. Not obviously the people in the ecosystem, but the animals and the and the the, the, the flora and fauna and how it can actually the wildfires benefit. can actually benefit the flora and fauna. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, the so going back to my event. Uh, so right, curiosity killed the cat. Satisfaction brought it back. And what does that mean? It means that like sure, sometimes if you once, ask once you were curious, and then your your curiosity has been satisfied. Obviously, yeah. Okay. It's always used to mean like... Don't be curious. Don't ask questions because you, you won't like the answer. But it, the full phrase is more like, sure, you may not like the answer, but your satisfaction at the fact that you've received an answer <laughs> will sort of... I mean, if, if we're trying to reply that, right, and we, I was talking to Cassie about this the other day, Russ, questions, being curious, I think, is one of the skills and attributes that we should all have. I'm you know? always curious. Yeah. Um, always. When was the last time you were curious? Uh, yesterday. I was it? Up. Was you curious about whether you'd have a Coke, a Lil, or a Dr Pepper? I'm, I'm curious every day, so I'll see something, and then I want to know all about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, that, that's a curiosity. Going back to... We work together as well. You mentioned things to me, and then I get curious about them things. Yeah, and then I, mean, I can spend hours just looking at. But hundred percent, 
like like just asking questions about the world and about people, you know, just like the one of the things that I absolutely love doing on the Kindness Project is just ask asking people and and it's really interesting. There was a really good big think YouTube video. Uh, that I watched this week, where it had um, psychologists and journalists yeah. and authors talking about curiosity. And one of the things they were mentioning is if you if you've got really young kids, they are curious about everything in the world. That's right. As we get older, we effectively through fear. Uh, a lot of the time because we don't want to be seen as looking um, unknowledgeable we get out the habit of asking too much questions because um, uh, questions when you're an adult um, are uh, perceived by us not by other people but perceived by us as um, effectively not understanding something as much as we potentially should I think we need to get over that um, uh, uh, situation and definitely ask more questions about everything. Because like, so that's where knowledge comes from. Knowledge comes from curiosity. Well, well I have that anxiety where, where I have to know something. If it's said to me, I have to understand it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I know we've got the technological tools to look it up now, but when you're when you're you know trying to learn about things, for me, and I know we've all got different communication styles, but for me, just having a chat, understanding it from their perspective, helps me no end. It's why I love the kindness project because I, we get I, to. I have that. I have that from both angles, though. Sometimes I feel better just looking on my own. Sometimes I'll ask questions and... Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the same way, Russ. Yeah. Um, so um, let me tell you my eBay story, and, and then Charlotte's going to come back because she's been doing some research while we've been chatting, Russ. And, and I she... found more, more commonly cut short phrases that Ooh, the meaning nice. change. Oh, amazing. We, yeah, yeah that would be, be good. We'll have a look at that. So my eBay story. So this particular dad um, decided that he was going to get himself a fish tank because the kids love fish, he loves fish, uh, and he wanted to get something for his lounge that worked really well. And they've got really long lounge. Um, measured up the doors uh, to make sure that this massive fish tank could fit. Jumped on eBay. Uh, picked up on the... Has to pay for it to be shipped back from uh, drove over to a farm, van rented, um, had to employ a professional mover to get this um, uh, thing back. Uh, fitting through the front door perfectly because it was so long, he couldn't turn it into his lounge. Well, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's now permanently in his passage. And I said to him, what are you going to do with it? Um, uh, and he said, I'm going to resell it on eBay. And I said, so basically, all you've done is looked after somebody's fish tank temporarily and sold it on for them. And he went, yeah, that's, what I've, that's exactly what I've done. 
And if you're listening, but which I'm going to talk to might be, uh, there's your story. There's your story. There's Sorry, your story. it took us so long to get there. Um, but Charlotte's got some uh, mis often misunderstood facts that she's waiting to share. See, uh, you know the phrase, jack of all trades? Master of none. Right, okay. So the full phrase is jack of all trades, master of uh, none, though oftentimes better than a master of one. Really? Yep. So it's better to have, you know, general knowledge to be able to apply to multiple situations than specific knowledge, which you can only apply to one situation and one situation. Amazing. So jack of all trades, master of none. He's seen as derogatory of somebody being a jack of all trades, but that says, yeah, yeah, amazing. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Uh, great minds think alike, but fools seldom differ. Yes. So it's the idea that sure, somebody said that to me. Somebody said that to me this week. That one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, understand, the idea that... I didn't understand it. I just brushed over it. But I didn't realise that was related to the great minds think alike. So who said that to you this week? I, I was chatting to a friend of mine on on Messenger. Chat roulette? No, not chat roulette. Chat roulette? You, we know you love a bit of chat roulette, Russ. No, not chat roulette. And I promise you, I kept me uh, close. Close up. Good. Pleased to hear it. Yeah. I said to her, great minds think alike, and she said, fools seldom differ. And I didn't really understand it, so I brushed over it. But, <laughs> but you weren't curious enough, Russ. I wasn't. You didn't ask, you didn't ask a question and go, what do you mean? It didn't um, sort of pop into my head. Yes, intelligent people think alike, but so do people who aren't as intelligent. Yeah, okay. Um, top idea. Caesar Day. Caesar Day, the full phrase. Carpe diem quam minimum credula postero. Seize the day, but put very little trust in tomorrow. So you have to do everything you can today to make the future for yourself better. Oh, you know what? The the the, the Romans and the Greeks. I mean, I, as you guys know, because I talk about it quite a lot, I am a massive fan of Stoic philosophy. The Romans and the Greeks had, and this was 2000 plus years ago now, had everything that we needed um, to live a um, interesting life. But they, they, because they were so focused on philosophy, yes, there wasn't any, any of our sort of modern technology, they had so many practical life lessons um, that um, yeah, we, should, we should all focus on. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't there one a Greek philosopher who thought humans were just... Featherless, wingless, bipedal bird. Their science was a bit flawed. I've got to be honest. And then another one proved him wrong by showing him a chicken with no, with no feathers. Yeah, their science was a bit flawed, but their understanding of the human brain and finding philosophies that allow us to live good lives. Actually, the Stoics have got a lot to teach us, I think. Um, I know, um, and I talk about this book all the time, the book that I read every day, uh, or I'm reading every day in 2022, and I'm really getting a lot out of it, it's a book called The Daily Stoic, and it just includes one, and I, again, other Stoic books are available. This is by a guy called Ryan Holiday. Uh, he also wrote a book called The Obstacle is the Way, which is amazing. But having that one little, and it might be as simple 
as you know don't keep uh, I, i'll give you an example don't keep philosophy theoretical live your life like you intend to meet it Caesar that is another one you know make sure that you're taking the action you need to Caesar day you know and there's there's just lessons in humility and confidence and you know not worrying focusing on what you can control is a big stoic uh principle uh, all of that sort of stuff that allows you to actually spend your time doing the stuff that matters. You know, if we if we worried, I'll give you an example. If we worried about um, the um, uh, like upsetting or offending people on the on the kindness project, um, or even you know, it sort of like the interviews, you just never get stuff off the ground. You've got to be like take action to make sure that you're you're doing so you're re- regularly up- offended and upset mate you never done that well russ I, I you know you know and again i don't want to get too more I, I, have, I have some of these recording sessions and i go off and cry afterwards but <laughs> <laughs> right, i don't want to get too more sentimental today russ but the reason that i can we can have a bit of banter um, is because genuinely, I love you. I care for you. I know. Um, uh, you are a bit of a legend. Um, and it, I'll tell you what it's like, Russ. It's like when you come down, um, <coughs> Sophie is already preparing, not only to poke you with one tool, but she's thinking of poking you with two. She's oh, actually she built a new tool to poke you with. Oh, no. And, and it's like that time. Behind, so... it's, it's like that time when I was a kid riding a BMX... And you decided to put a stick through the front wheel, and I've, <laughs> I, I flipped over and banged my head. You've never been like that, have you? <laughs> <laughs> that was love. That was love. Been... Oh, Sophie's here. Hello, Sophie. How are you? I can't find my sword, so I'm sad. Oh, no, she can't Let find her sword. You couldn't have been that much damage because you still remember it. True. I'm traumatised. That's why I was permanently. Um, so let us know what you bought off Amazon. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, that's and, what we started. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> and you can get in touch with us in the following ways. Uh, on Twitter, we're at All of Kindness. On Facebook, you check Kindness Project into the search bar, which just come up. Uh, feel free to join us. Uh, feel free to join feel, us. Feel free. Uh, if you want to Google us, we're uh, the Kindness Project podcast, and if you want to go directly to the website by putting it in the top little bar, Uh If you want to email us directly without going through the back of the website or any of the socials, it's onkindnessproject.co.uk. If you want to find us anywhere else, I'm not sure we've got anywhere else, and I'm going to plug the book now. You can go onto the website, and uh, if you go on book, um, and you sign up for something. I don't know specifically what it is. Yeah. But I haven't been briefed on details. So um, we have um, we're p- uh, planning and preparing to um, publish the Kindness Project book in October. Now, what we'd love for you to do is be one of the first people to hear when we um, publish it, so you can buy it immediately. We are giving a hundred percent of the profits to uh, the Russ Dames Memorial Foundation, aren't we? Is, <laughs> no. that, is oh. that right? 
Is that we right? Are, that's right. All right. Now we are we are um, giving profits to charity from from the book. Um, we'd love for you to um, to, to get involved, um, uh, but it's not out yet. It's not out till October. We've got a few months until it until it comes out. What I'd love for you to do, ladies and gents, is let us know you're interested by going to www.thekindnessproject.co.uk, clicking the little tab that says book at the top of the page um, and giving us your email address. By doing that, what you're saying is, yes, I'd love to hear more about the book um, when it comes out, but you'll also get a bunch of free stuff. Um, so free stuff, free stuff, um, which will include and isn't um, isolated to a exclusive episode of the Kindness Project podcast just for you just for you um so uh look forward to that please feel free to um sign up because we would absolutely love to um see see you there um and on that note what i'd like to move on to is a little episode of what we call now that was quite long. That was quite long. Um, and, what, um, uh, and what I'd like to do is share um, a little story, uh, which is called Mum's Mum is Speechless as Kind Stranger Pays for Family's Chippy After She's Had a Bad Week. A struggling mum says faith in humanity has been restored after a generous stranger paid for her and her family's food as part of one local chippy's incentive to give back to the community. A struggling mum was left speechless after a kind stranger paid for her family's order at the local chippy recently. According to Liverpool Echo, the mum's uh, article was obscured by an ad for a cardo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to local Echo, uh, to Liverpool Echo, the mum was having a bad week and had taken her family to a fish and chip shop in St Helens. Merseyside. Merseyside. I can't see because it's covered by the logo. Oh, right. Uh, uh, Should we wait? Oh, we've got some music while we're waiting. That was, uh, that was fun. Um, oh, the Mirror website. Come on, the Mirror website. What are you doing to me? Right. She went outside with her cousin and children while the food was being prepared. However, when she went back into the chip, uh, right, start again. A travelling mum was left speechless after a kind stranger paid for her family's order at the local chippy recently. According to Liverpool Echo, the mum was having a bad week and had taken her family to a fish and chip shop in St Helens, Merseyside. She waited outside with her cousin and children while the food was being prepared. However, when she went back into the chippy to pay, she was informed someone had already covered the cost in full. Some lady came outside, looked at my son in the pram, and spoke to us only for a second. The woman said, we walked back into the chippy to collect the food once it was done and to pay. The chippy told us that she had paid for her food. By the time we came to pay for the food, she'd been gone for a while, so we couldn't say thank you or anything. So if you are reading this, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We both haven't had the best of weeks and have been feeling down. We met up today to get the kids to, to the park for an hour, so we both did something different, sitting at home, dwelling on the bad times. The woman said the kind gesture 
had made her had put a massive smile on her face and restored her faith in humanity. The chip shop reportedly has a hanging wall incentive where people can pay for other customers' food. It's completely on anonymous for those who give and receive. If you need it, then use it. The kindness of others will help each and every one of us to keep moving forward, the company said. There shouldn't be a choice between heating or eating, yeah. Here we are. It could be any one of us next. And I, I think when we're being kind to each other, um, we need to remember that. You know, uh, uh, I had a really interesting conversation. I was having some friends yesterday, and we we was having a conversation about uh, tax. Uh, and I get people's frustration in terms of paying tax. Uh, and my tax bill was not a tiny one. Um, and there has been times when Gazzy said to me, uh, can I not just, just not pay that tax? But you've got to remember, and this is what I was saying to my friend yesterday, you've got to remember that tax, yes, there's a lot of waste and you can argue whether the government uses it effectively or not. And you haven't got autonomy and control over where it goes. But, and I get all those arguments, but also tax is used to support some of the people in our society who need it the most. The challenge we've got at the minute is we might, as a society, need to do more uh, because it is tough, particularly with energy prices and more, and we need to decide what we what we can do about that. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think we've got a, a real issue at the moment with, like, People being unable to afford yeah. to eat some days, and it might be it might be small gestures like that that just make somebody's day. So, absolutely love that. Let's move on to the interview. Um, uh, this week we've got part two of our interview with Mr. Stephen Donovan. Stephen's going to be talking about the Hornchurch Roundtable and the amazing work uh, they do. Uh, should we listen to the second part of the interview? Yes. So, so, so we're here to talk about Roundtable. Yes, yeah. How did you originally get involved? Yeah, well, um, Roundtable, thank you very much. Um, I was aware of Roundtable because I had a shop in Cranbrook Road, Ilford. Mm. They used to do a wonderful firework display at Valentine's Park. Mm. Um, five to 6,000 people would descend on this big green and I'd take my nieces and nephews to this big firework display um, and it was well organised, good show, etc. Um, but initially, I knew one or two of the people involved, but at the time for me, um, I didn't approach them and they didn't approach me. Right. It was um, I knew every year the firework display would, would, would be available and, and I would go to it. But back in 1991 or 1992, a couple of my friends in Hornchurch asked me to come to... A summer dance at the Harefield Manor Gilead okay. Park, yeah. which was where they did a fundraising night, and one in the group that was playing was one member of the original Beach Boys. Okay, and it cool. It was um, called Gilead Park, a band that was very successful. I believe one of the members of um, the Beach Boys was in the group, or was certainly a Beach Boys cover band, and it was an exceptionally good summer, you know, nice evening. And the host that took me, and um, you know, it was a black tie event, was very nice, asked me would I like to perhaps 
joined Roundtable or told me to come to a meeting. And I said, not for me this year, but next year. Right. But the following year, 93, I was quite busy. I had a lot of events on. But I went to, the, again, their summer event, a dance at the same hotel, same band. It was very, very good, Harefield Manor. And, um, and then I started to get curious and interested. And he said, there's a meeting um, coming up in May 1994. And my first meeting, which I went to, um, I, I, w I got picked up, I believe. And it was at London Dog Track um, in London Road, Romford, the dog track. Yeah, that yeah. was our first social meeting with Roundtable. And met some nice people, about seven or eight people. And it was a good evening, and um, on the other table was um, Jules Holland, so from oh, cool. musician. So he was on the other table. We we had dinner and a, a bit of racing and that dog racing. So that was my first meeting. I can remember it was May nineteen ninety four. So okay. I finally went to my first official meeting and got picked up by one of the members, which was really nice. And uh, went along, and um, and then after that, they said the following month we will meet at the Cranley Horn Church, which is our home where we meet twice a month on the first and third Wednesday. Mm. What so was it? Along. What was it that originally got you got you attracted? And I think the fact that I had a curiosity about it from mm. the firework display. Right. Spoke to a few of my colleagues down at the Cranbrook Road Ilford when I had a shop and thought I heard about the goodwill and the charitable side. That and was I the charity it work. It was the charity and the service plus meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think opening my shop in Hornchurch in 94, it didn't. It, it would have helped me too to yeah, get involved yeah, yeah. in the town and the community. You know what? I think that word, service, yes. is, is encapsulates a lot of what Roundtable does, yes. doesn't it? You know, like, yeah. even the... So I think I got involved. I mean, thank you for inviting me to the Horn Church Roundtable because I absolutely love it. Thank you, Chris. I got involved um, uh, purely and simply just to give a bit back. I've been lucky in life and business. I wanted yes. to, to help support, but also, you know, you know what's weird. I mean, I know one of the one of our big Horn Church Roundtables, big fundraising yes. events, is the is the Santa sleigh in, uh, yes, over, over Christmas. Yeah. And I, you know what, weirdly, Steve, I know that's a fundraising event, but seeing in the faces of those yeah. kids as you're going as you're going round that is a service in itself it, isn't it, it, it what is. do you think it is i've been yeah. involved with the santa sleigh and the street collections for 27 years yeah. now and um, but i love it because you get prices. to make people happy it, it, it is yeah. um, and uh, i've been santa myself many times and um to see the children's faces and then they become adults and tell you about their lovely memories. I love that. Yeah, then, yeah. When I, I haven't been doing it long enough, Steve, are, to be we're, honest. We're, well, <laughs> I, I, well, last three years of help, Chris, has been great. Um, yeah. You know, it really has. I mean, I mean, we the, made it with people. And I numbers. mean, my favourite story, and I'm probably, you've probably got some stories yes. to tell as well, was. Um, because uh, I mean I suppose when you first started doing it ring doorbells didn't exist yes. but I remember uh, Phil Shacklady who we both know yes. knocking on a, uh, a doorbell which was a ring doorbell yeah. uh, and he, he came away from the door looking a bit pale faced yes. and um, I said Phil you were right mate he went yeah I just knocked on that door uh, and the lady through the ring doorbell told me she was in the bath I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, to tell us well, a story uh, that like well we haven't 
health stories like that, I mean, obviously, the, as you said, with, with any charity, they have to raise money. Yeah. The Christmas campaign is our biggest event. Yeah. Well, we had more numbers. We used to do 10 slots a year at yeah. Christmas. Yeah, so 10 around, nights. 10 right? nights going around the streets with a sleigh uh, being driven by a car. Um, Santa and the music and then we used to give sweets with wrappers to the children that would come out and tell the parents you know who we were and, yeah. and, and what we're aiming to achieve with the fundraising and uh, they uh, they loved it I mean you know uh, especially seeing the children's faces um, sometimes um, there are other societies that, I mean, we're well known. We started doing this Christmas sleigh since 1963, right? So right. or 64. I look back at the history. So, so it's it's been going around the same local routes for many years. So people so use they it are now, used aren't they? to us, yeah, but occasionally yeah. we do get other societies all doing the same routes. So right, it has it started to get a bit crowded <laughs> so, uh, once or twice but yeah. they know us because we've got our high visibility um tabards with round table and the emblem yeah which has got an arthurian or king arthur label right. yeah yeah and that design has come from the shield that's on at winchester cathedral interesting the arthurian table elizabethan table i believe have been restored is at winchester Cathedral. Is it really? Our emblem. I have visited it. Right. And I've seen it. It's great. Is it on display at the cathedral? In the hall, the great hall of Winchester Cathedral. Open to the public. So it's anyone. um, It's it's got. uh, You could notice that our uh, sign that we have. I brought along a little sign here. Yeah. Um, It's got um, the emblem, and the Round Table Society started in 1927. Right. uh, Right. By a chap called Louis Marchese. Right. Um who heard on the radio the king the, the the prince at the time asking young men to uh, get new experiences and adopt ideas round a table yeah, yeah. felt that people could re- rebuild britain and w- with young views he was so a this is post world war 1 this is, this is a post world war 1 um lewis served in both wars um lewis marchese and in 1927, I've just looked here on the list, March 1927, Hornchurch, oh sorry, Round Table had its first meeting in Norwich. Right. So leading to all where we are today. And um, and they decided back in 1927 that they wanted to have a younger age group where Rotarian is all ages. They felt in 1927 by the 31st of March of the following year when you joined you at 40 that was it they you had to retire from right. round table as they wanted to keep their views round the table and group and society fresh and afresh yeah so they deemed 40 which in latter years only about 20 years ago it was extended to 45 right so i that's the view i know some people might think well that's a bit harsh but we all know we all come as honorees and friends after 45. I'm 62 now, and I'm the current club president of Holden uh, Church Roundtable. But when it started as a group for flowing members throughout the country as they yeah. developed this, uh, the capital I suppose was 40. They, they wanted the young view. And I suppose there's an incentive to just get 
sort of young people, just from a also from all a fresh pers- yeah all yes. background, but from a fresh perspective, and also to keep it. Yeah. continuously vibrant yes right? that's the idea yeah. yes yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about where um so a little bit about round table tell me a little bit about where the charity money goes because this is yes so I, know, I know you i know you did a charity fundraising uh, yes. a decent amount yes and i know that it goes towards sort of uh, local charities yes, tell does. me a bit about that yes. and how that's yes. decided well prior to coming to uh, um conversation today Chris I looked on our website and as a group mm. that started back in 1927 over five million pound a year is raised with roundtable oh, national and in, um, in this country which is dispersed to all charities um, Hornchurch roundtable generally collects money locally for different charities and causes and that money is dispersed back to local groups yep. and, and yep. societies. But we do also work with national companies too, national mm. charities too. And um, various things happen in the community that we get wind of. We get our information from the local recorder, Facebook community pages, Neighbour Next Door. Mm. And when we find these requests or causes, um, we reach out. We reach out. Sometimes when we didn't have a cause, we would write, or I would personally write to the re- recorder newspaper, our local bought paper, and say that Hornchurch Roundtable is looking, is for, looking to for some bolt. groups and yeah. societies to help. So that was part two of the interview with Steve. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, part three is going to be next week. And we are moving on to the end of the podcast. Tis the end of another podcast. The end is never the end. Because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. Um, last week's podcast, um, the answer was what food reminds you of home? The answer? Um, uh, the answer, the question was what food reminds you of home? Most of home. Uh, uh, answers from last week's podcast. Eve Keith said Easter biscuits. I've never had an Easter biscuit, so I need to find out what an Easter biscuit is. Never realised they were local until I left Bristol. Neil Bage said, panel catty, eating that would trans- me, transport me back to the 1980s North East. Uh, Tamsin said, my mum's lemon cheesecake reminds me of my childhood home. And the Haley Ball said, roast potatoes, nobody ever cooked them like her mum. Um, on that note, that is the end of another podcast. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you next week on the show. Bye. Bye. Bye.